Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. for the week three edition of the NFL front office show. But you guys know I don't do this without playing my theme music. It's time to get caught. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. What? Metro that are from that area. I'm actually going to be out 
in New York area this weekend with the wife and a little homie, you know what I'm saying? Pray for your man. Pray for your man. But we ain't here to talk about that right now, man. We got a lot to talk about, and I definitely don't want to waste anybody's time, so let's get right to it. Big topic uh, of discussion that we had offline, I wanted to bring it here. Odell Beckham Jr. signed with the Baltimore Ravens a one-year, $15 million. Fifteen of that million is guaranteed. It can get up to 18 with incentives and things of that nature. Um, this looks like a ploy or, or a strategy, if you will, to kind of soften the stance of one Lamar Jackson, who we spoke about at length on this network and other affiliates that we're affiliated with, um, you know, to, to, to try to get him to lower his stance to 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 want to play ball and stay. Uh, you know, Villain, I'll come to you first, man. Um, not how I thought, you know, the Boston Ravens would go about this, but um, did that did, did this whole thing had kind of had me scratching my head, and I kind of wanted to get your position on it. Um, as it pertains to, to the Baltimore Ravens. They were desperate. They were desperate, man. They, they you know, they, they were like, they were like, um, like Frank and Scarface when, when, when Tony comes in with the gun about to shoot him at, 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 at two o'clock more in the morning, you know, he's like ten million dollars, $10 million, Tony, I'll go away. Like, you know, $15 million. Please don't leave. Don't go to New York. Because he was on a flight the next day to go to, to meet with the Jets. That was that was his MO, to go meet with the Jets and, and possibly team up with Aaron Rodgers. And they wouldn't basically, they, they overpaid and wouldn't let him in the building. The deal's for 15 and can get up to 18. And Odell, it, it was a smart move on both accounts for him because he gets the money that he was craving, that he was coveting. And it's a one-year deal that if it doesn't work out or he can go back to the negotiating table the next year and get, get more money or get a deal or what have you. So it was perfect for him. He got paid in and he gets some flexibility, even though he wanted a long-term contract. Um, I said it on when, when it happened, we talked about it. I said, Lamar ain't going nowhere. First of all, Lamar has no leverage. Um, he, he has no team to, get, to negotiate with. Um, the Ravens basically can say either sign this tender, let's make a deal on the deal we want to pay you, or you can sit out and we'll find you every day you don't show up. Have it your way. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but it turns out that they, Lamar and Odell were together over the weekend and, and, and communicating about this deal when it was going down, before it went down. So Lamar had a big hand in bringing Odell to Baltimore. So I I don't see any pathway for Lamar not to be in Baltimore. And and Odell, why would you sign this deal if you were going to have, to your point, T.J. Hundley throwing you the ball? You're going to sign this deal and come to Baltimore if Lamar Jackson is on board. So uh, I think it's a win-win for both sides. I mean, there's 14 players that had more receiving touchdowns than the whole Ravens receiving corp last year. That problem gets alleviated when you bring Odell Beckham into the building. Okay. All right. I mean, I I, I hear where you're coming from. Obviously, I I have a difference of opinion, but I I say my position for for later. Greenwood, you know, 
Odell signed, give me your position on it. Um, I know you were kind of the same mindset that I was, but I don't want to speak for you when you can definitely speak for yourself, man. Talk to me about uh, how this pertains to, to, to the Baltimore Ravens and uh, Lamar Jackson and all that type of fun stuff. So, yeah, I I don't know. Like, I, I can't imagine that there's a um, another team that was going to drop half that bag on Odell Beckham. I just – I. I am confused as to – I mean, I know the Ravens have had hard time after hard time after hard time finding any legitimate wide receiver threat. Um, I mean, Rashard Bateman, let's see what happens. But let's be real, the Ravens have had a terrible wide receiving drafting track records for as long as I can remember. And – then they add a guy with two busted ACLs on a comeback tour that we don't know is going to happen. Um, and when we look at the statistics of players who have injured ACLs and then re-injure their, their ACLs, they're most likely to re-re-injure that ACL. I know that the medicine has gotten a lot better over time, but the numbers still bear out that somebody who injures their ACL twice is is very likely to injure it a third time. So now they they did this to make Lamar happy, but if you would have taken that $15 million minimum and $18 million possible and just handed it to Lamar Jackson, I'm sure he would have been just as happy and then maybe throw a first-round pick in, at one of these um, upper echelon rookie wide receivers who wouldn't have done anything year one but could have easily done it in year two, year three when they start to become uh, when wide receivers generally make that leap. But we're looking at Quentin Johnson, um, the the TCU wide receiver, often mocked to around where the um, Baltimore Ravens are picking this year. So why they're holding back and thinking that Odell's going to be the answer for this team, I'm very confused. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's kind of interesting you mentioned that, you know, um, I, I kind of share your, your, your feelings on the situation. However, I, I get called everything uh, but my name when, when, when I speak on Baltimore Ravens matters because I'm still a fan. But ultimately, it comes down to a couple of things for me. First and foremost, um, this is a huge slap in the face, in my opinion, to Lamar Jackson. Because at the end of the day, you went out and spent money that could have been used to pay Lamar Jackson in hopes to get him you know, to say, like, you go out and you sign a guy in Odell Beckham Jr. who, for all intents and purposes, last was seen on the field during the playoff run in 2000 2021, all right? He hasn't caught an NFL pass uh, in, in quite some time. You know, the, his injury ACL situation is, is well documented and also well said by you, Greenwood. Um, but you, like, I don't understand how that's supposed to lure 
you know, Lamar Jackson into dropping his stance um, and his list of demands, if you will, as far as paycheck to 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 bring to, to bring him back. Um, again, the the fact that they, you know, were on Facetime or whatever the case may be, that to me is, is irrelevant because at the end of the day, these players are friends. They talk all the dang on time. You know what I'm saying? And and then let's keep it a buck. If, if, you know, if Dylan was coming to Virginia, you know what I'm saying, and he wanted to know about some stuff or whatever, because it'd be, he would FaceTime me. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, anything other than that. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, um, Lamar Jackson is so highly frustrated and highly aggravated with the Baltimore Ravens, not because of talent. Let's, let's, let's not make more of this than what it is. It's not because of talent. Like Lamar Jackson's angry. It's not because he doesn't have the offense that he wants. It's not because he doesn't have quote unquote weapons and receivers. It's because they have not given him the financial backing that he wants. So the fact that they went out and got a receiver means nothing to Lamar Jackson because his pocketbook is still not where it wants to be. The fact that they or been linked to every wide receiver. I, I saw something today that said both of us made trade for, for for DeAndre Hopkins. Who knows? Again, who cares? That's not going to put money in Lamar Jackson's bank account. Lamar Jackson has never came out and said, "Give me more weapons." Bateman has said, "You know, you know, took offense to the weapons." Players have taken offense to the media talking about their lack of weapons and lack of this, that, and the third. But Lamar Jackson himself has never said anything about weapons because he's the ultimate, because Tom Lamar Jackson, he's the ultimate weapon. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I don't think this moves the needle. I do think it's kind of interesting that, again, you go out and you sign a guy who hasn't played a significant down in some time and is dealing with, you know, the injury situation that he's dealing with. However, with that being said, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. I, I, I do think Lamar Jackson – um, is going to end up staying in Baltimore to, to Villain's point, but I don't foresee him playing another down until he gets the money that he wants. So, yeah, he can show up and, you know, do the, do the you know, Marshawn Lynch, you know why I'm here. I'm here so I don't get fined. They can deactivate him like, you know, like, you know, Deshaun Watson was that year and Cleveland while he was working through all of that legal stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't think Lamar Jackson plays another down in the NFL for the Boston Ravens until he gets his money, regardless of whoever they bring in to play wide receiver, running back, tight end, or whatever the case may be. You know, Sirius, I agree with you that there is going to be a come to Jesus for both sides, right, for Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens, because Lamar felt disrespected, and the Ravens, you know, are, they have, Their hands are dirty. Both sides have to kind of smooth this relationship out. It, it wasn't at a good space in the beginning of March. But I think you're underestimating the fact that Lamar went to Miami to recruit Odell Beckham Jr. over the weekend. I, I, think, you're, I think you're missing the boat on that. Like, why would he recruit him if he wasn't going to play there? Like, he could recruit him to any team that he thought he was going to be 
going to at the, at any point. He recruited him to come to Baltimore. They FaceTimed with each other, and he liked the post and all that stuff after the, the signing. But he was in Miami recruiting, actively recruiting Odell Beckham to come to Baltimore. So, like I said, yeah, he's going to play. And you're right, he's he's going to want to play with the right money. But now both sides are incentivized to get this deal done. And once they smooth this relationship out, done, he'll be in Baltimore and no harm, no foul. Well, let me ask you this question as a counter to that. Okay? If I gave you mm-hmm. a contract for $15 million, you would sign anywhere you want. Like, as, 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 as Jeffrey Lurie came to you right now, I was like, yo, put on an Eagles shirt for $15 million. You're signing that piece of paper. Regardless. Okay. So, the, 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 so, 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 so the fact that, you know, Lamar Jackson was talking to him, whatever the case may be, like money had, the money had to be there. You know what I'm saying? And there were other offers on the table. He wanted a longer, a, a longer deal, like we alluded to. However, $15 million with the potential to make 18 trumps everything. I don't give a flying mm-hmm. you-know-what. Again, I, I hate the Boston Ravens like, like anybody else, but, again, if, if Bashada shows up on my front doorstep, you know, saying, you know, serious, put, put on this, you know, I hate Pittsburgh shirt, I, I, I'm going to have to think a lot about it. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, eight, 18 mil is 18 mil regardless, and no team was coming close to, to that type of money. No team was even coming close to that. So I think, I, 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 I think the fact that they were on FaceTime, you know, to counter your point, it's a little bit overblown, and the fact that Lamar Jackson was in Miami recruiting. Lamar Jackson lives in Miami. That's, that's where his off-season home is. So he was, you know, Odell Beckham was down there. They were talking whoop-de-whoop, whoop-de-whoop, and I'm sure they had some time of conversations about the possibility of him coming to play with Baltimore. And I mean, again, at the end of the day, I think, I think Lamar Jackson wants to play for Baltimore. I think he does, but at the end of the day, business is business. And right now, Lamar Jackson's business isn't being taken care of. Now, to your point, and Greenwood, I mean, you're more than welcome to jump in here in a second. But to your point, you know, I, I do think an eventual come-to-Jesus moment is going to have to take place. But right now, it does not appear as though the, the Ravens are coming anywhere close to his way. And at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson does have the opportunity to – Sit this joint out, you know, do what he needs to do so he doesn't lose any bread. But if Lamar Jackson plays on this tag, that's a slap in the face. And I don't think he's going to do that. Greenwood, you got anything to say on it? Yeah, I mean, the the inclusion of Beckham's not going to help Lamar's situation at all because it's never been about um, – well, it's only moderately been about um, – trying to get him wide receivers, but I, I'm starting to really think that Odell Beckham is one of these NFL players that players like more than fans and more than um, the people making the money decisions. They they see Odell and they remember who he was with the New York Giants, and he hasn't been that guy for literally anybody else. And they think, well, that this is going to be the magic potion that makes me successful because at the end of the day, um, if Odell's there and he makes his incentives, then it's worth a lot more to the contract anyway. 
but then that's where the whole cap situation kind of make, gets a little all fuzzy, at least for this season. Um, but at the end of the day, I agree with you, Sirius, that um, Lamar's looking to secure his bag. He's looking to um, – he is, when you are the style of player that Lamar Jackson is, injuries are a reality. And if you – like, yes, he's um, playing on franchise tag after franchise tag after franchise tag and definitely getting a lot of money each individual year, but there's no longevity, no long-term security for that um, for that position. So that's why he wants to leave more than any other reason. So um, this does not move – I mean, for me, that would, this would not move that needle. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally disagree with you guys. Like, I, I, I think you're, you're. Listen, Odell Beckham, of course, wanted the bag and got a big bag, but for one year. So he didn't secure. Mm-hmm. He secured a nice salary for one year. He could have gone and played with Aaron Rodgers, not for as much money, but he had Aaron Rodgers. Waiting, they, that that would have been a done deal if he goes to New York the next day, For, regardless of how long the, the the money is. He probably would have got more money over the length of the contract. He, I mean, listen, listen. But I mean, but I mean, here's the thing, though. He, but GM Rogers is also looking to get Randall Cobb on his team, so that's not saying. That. I mean, come, I mean, that's just a guy that's looking. He he wants to get his friend paid. I mean, I don't know why Randall Cobb still, you know, he wants to get Randall Cobb. Paid. I have no idea. I don't know what. What that thing is about, I don't know. But he, he, listen, if if you don't go to Baltimore, if Lamar Jackson isn't coming, why would you go there? You got a one year deal, and then what? What happens the next year? You Your secure. stock value goes way in the tank if you're playing with Hundley or whoever they if they had to draft a quarterback. But the. But 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 then again, it's fifteen million dollars. Okay, like we're sitting here acting like For you one know year. he's not. He, but here's the deal, bro. You go out there, you make your bread, you know what I'm saying, and then you start this whole song and dance over again. Like no team was coming with any type of bread like that. Like if this was a five year, I mean, excuse me, if this was a seven year deal, if this was a, a, a two and a half year deal. I would see your argument. This is this is fifteen mil with a guarantee to eighteen. Like no other team was coming with that for one year, which is why this thing is so awkward. You give a man fifteen million dollars with the potential to make eighteen for one season coming off two ACL injuries, like and then you want to hope to keep Lamar Jackson there? Like, There's no hope. He's day. coming back. He's the, he, I mean, you guys think that you think the trade request had happened over a month ago? It, if he if he really wanted to be traded, he'd be gone. He's not going anywhere. He so. has no leverage. He's coming back to Baltimore. Hooker Crook. Sign the sign. The, I don't sign the, the sign the offer sheet that they got out there, or negotiate the deal that Baltimore wants. Baltimore is letting you know you have no leverage in this situation, okay? We're not going to pay you peanuts, but the contract that we offered you is pretty darn good. Sign the damn deal. 
That's what's going to happen. Okay, so I, I, I don't think you, I think I you guys think a trade request means everything. Like, no, it doesn't. No, I don't. It's not. I don't. I don't think I, I, I don't think that at all, Jono. What I think is this. I think at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson, although he doesn't have quote-unquote leverage, he does have the ability to say, you know what, F this deal, F your terms, I'm going to show up so I don't get fined, and next year when you can't – or next year we're going to try this whole song and dance again. Lamar Jackson is not going to pay – is not going to play – on the BS franchise tag terms. He did it last year, and he, and he didn't finish the year. He didn't get his guaranteed money, and now he's stuck in a situation where the Baltimore Ravens have shown they don't give a flying you-know-what about him and securing his potential future, period. And that's regardless of bringing Odell Beckham in. At the end of the day, man to man, you have to do what you have to do to provide for your family and your loved ones. And right now, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are light years from doing that. So as a man, Lamar Jackson's going to be like, you know what? F this nonsense. I'm going to get a bag. It may not be the big bag. I'm going to get a bag. And right now, the Baltimore Ravens have shown – here's the thing. Here's the thing. Whether whether it's now or whether it's later, I agree with you. Lamar Jackson has no leverage. Outside of the fact that he can say, he can say, listen, I'm not playing. I'm here. I'm not playing. I'm here. I'm not playing. You know what I'm saying? But, he, he, but he, Lamar, he, the problem he, is we don't know. We really don't know what Lamar wants. Nobody knows what he wants, well, but we do have an idea that the Baltimore Ravens offered him a contract in the neighborhood, if not slightly better than what Kyler Murray got. That's not a bad bag. Yeah, what he I think it was like 160 that's million. Garrett, you're not getting that. That's not what he wants. It's like come to reality. You're not getting that well, contract. You and I both have said that. You and I both so, have I mean, said he that. Could come, he, he could come to camp. He can come to camp, not get fined, and not play, but you're 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 still not going to get a contract from anybody. You're still not getting a contract. This is, this is the other thing about that, though, because like what is what is costing the Ravens is time. Like, mm-hmm. so let's say that he does because he always has the option of just not playing until week eight or six or whatever the um. I think the, it's the eight. Right? I think it's eight. Yeah, I think it's eight. So he has all I that. He has that option to, okay. um, to sit out until until he has to to procure that one more additional year. But until that point, he gets um, all that guaranteed money because it's guaranteed. That's a part of the the, the franchise deal. Um, then he can go through some injury process and guarantee the rest of it and still not play it down. Um, on top of that. Um, the Baltimore Ra- uh, Ravens are hamstrung. They're hamstrung with the inability to move Lamar Jackson at all. They are also hamstrung by not knowing the future of their quarterback situation for their franchise. So they are. Um, so they don't know. Let's just say, uh, Will Levis falls to twelve. Do they want to move up? Do they not want to move up? There's no clarity. There's a bunch of uncertainty in the most important position on the field. Now, he has that leverage 
Now, is that a leverage to get him what he wants? I agree with you, Villain. He nobody just because the Cleveland Browns did the dumb does not mean every franchise is going to be able to do the dumb. Um that's just that's just the Browns being the Browns. And I think that I believe um the last I heard of it was Lamar Jackson wanted the same amount of guaranteed money, which is another problem because everything has to, every guaranteed dollar has to be held in an escrow account. Which some I mean a lot of billionaires don't have two hundred and fifty million just lying around. Exactly. So so they might not like the owner might just not be able to come up with that cash on hand to throw in an escrow account um to appease his quarterback, which is probably true about seventy five percent of the um of the of the owners in this league. Because all their money's working for them. You know, it's it's doing something else. It's invested in companies and stocks and all this other stuff. So, um, and that's probably half the reason why nobody's approaching him, along with the now two years long injury history that Lamar Jackson has. Um, that's why nobody's coming in with two first round picks in hand and and a boatload of money. Mm-hmm. So. Um, maybe after the draft when they can give next year's and the years after and be the benefactor of that and maybe give up a you know, a late twenties, late teens, early twenties pick for the next two years as opposed to number four and a late teens, early twenties. Because that can always happen. Like they can always approach Lamar after the draft. Like let's say that Indy is not a Will Levis guy. I'm personally not a Will Levis, Levis guy either. But then Anthony Richardson, um, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud go one, two, three. They can draft an offensive lineman that they poorly need, and then sign Lamar Jackson to his terms next year. And then the Baltimore Ravens are back with Pro Bowl quarterback T.J. Hundley as, as their um, as their quarterback for another year. Well, they got to pick up uh, Bridgewater. Um, well, he, as far as I know, he's going to Detroit. So, you know, um, but I mean, but I mean, he could I mean, go. that's, he, the, like, that's I the best mean, quarterback just, in the league. Why would you want to go pick him up? Just steal him away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why the best GM in the league, Brad Holmes, made him an offer. A very, very good offer. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut that off now. Call the number is 929-477-2759. It was Sporting Chef. Speaking of those Detroit Lions, uh, they were in the news again today uh, trading their former first-round draft pick to the Atlanta Falcons for some draft compensation. Um, Greenwood, I- I'm going to come to you, sir. Uh, Jeff Okuda is on the move. I feel as though he never really did get his footing um, you know, in Detroit injuries and, you know, maybe style, whatever, um, was a factor. But um, how do you feel about this Jeff Okuda's move to the Atlanta Falcons? And uh, the Atlanta Falcons have quietly put together a nice little secondary, um, you know, and Detroit is, you know, did some business off the field as well with, with, with their offseason. Um, I think it's a thumbs up in both directions, but what, what say you, sir? So, um, I mean, 
the Jeb Okuda trade proves two things. One, that the um, the Matt Patricia regime didn't know what they were doing. This is, and from what I can remember, it's probably the fastest that I've seen a top ten pick get flipped for or flipped for picks in a long time. Like I'm thinking Jonathan Cooper with the Indianapolis Colts, maybe I forget uh, what team he was particularly on, but. I, you don't see top ten picks three or I mean should say uh, yeah three going on four years in just completely dropped like a sack of potatoes and um, this was also a byproduct of the moves that Detroit Lions made in the off season um, signing a whole bunch of cornerback and secondary talent and probably going to add additional um, additional respect for that in the draft. Getting a fifth-round pick is not like this great win that the Detroit Lions are saying um, it is, and their fan base is saying that it is, but it's – I don't – I cannot possibly imagine that the Detroit Lions would have picked up um, this guy's fifth-year option. He had a decent half season that fell apart at the back half of the year, and they were done. And they probably ought to have been done. So, you know, it's, you know, he best of luck with for him, you know, on the Atlanta Falcons. Hopefully he does well enough for them to um, sign him long-term, but it, I just don't really see it. You know, the, the Detroit Lions picked up uh, you know, Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley this all season. So uh, once I saw that, I started to wonder what in the world was going on with Jeff Okuda. Was he in the long-term future for them? And then you, once the trade happened, you pair him, um, you know, with A.J. Terrell out there. You got you got Casey Hayward out there um, in, in Atlanta. Um, I, I do think that Akuda has some skill. Um, you know, again, he was a high, high draft pick. I remember sitting on a show with TP when the pick happened. Um, you know, and I, I, you know, he was okay with it at the time. I haven't spoke to him since the trade today. Um, but again, at the end of the day, I, I think in the right situation with the right circumstances, with the right type of scheme and, and some good luck, again, he's been hamstring with injuries. Um, especially uh, two of these, these last three seasons, if you will. Um, I, I really wish him well. Uh, Villain, I, I'll come to you next, sir. You know, Jeff Okuda makes the move to Atlanta. Um, Atlanta gets some draft compensation or whatnot. But um, how did you feel about the trade when, when you saw it go down this afternoon? I, I think it's kind of a wash for both sides, kind of to your, to the guys' point. I, I think – for Detroit, it's not a bad move because I don't think Akuda was in their plans um, after all the injuries. He, I don't even think he played uh, in 2021 and really kind of struggled in pass coverage. He was probably one of the poorer pass defenders uh, in the league last year. I think like pro football focus had him ranked like six worst um, last year. So um, it was a guy that probably wasn't in their plans. They picked up a fifth-round pick for him. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, you're right. It, it showed the Patricia regime is kind of a failure. And, you know, drafting him number three overall at the time wasn't terrible. 
Uh, he was really good at Ohio State, right? He, he was one of the better corners in, in the in the in college. But I think you know, you look at the right. I, I looked at the list of injuries that he had: elbow, shoulder, core muscles, and then the Achilles tear was the like the coup de gras that really wiped him out. So uh, for Detroit, I think it's actually a solid move. I, it's it's poor draft compensation. That's why the the trade for me is a wash because you only got a fifth round pick out of it, but you got a pick out of a guy that probably wasn't in your plans. Uh, and and, and right. for Akuda, it's a it's a fresh start, right? He gets to go to Atlanta. That's rebuilding a defense. Um, hopefully, he can live up to that number three um, overall pick status, and he can kind of turn things around in Atlanta. Atlanta's doing some big moves. They're addressing the side of the ball that we all said that they really needed to address. Now they could use some offensive firepower, but, you know, I I think the defensive side was really kind of what started to – when they were playing pretty well, it, and then it, it turned on its head halfway through the year, it was the kind of the defense that failed them a little bit. So player that needs to prove himself. And you know what? Atlanta, you only had to give up a fifth-round pick to, to get him. So – from both sides, I think in the fifth round you could you you couldn't ask for a better player than a Cuda. You know what I mean? So that's why I said for both sides, it's kind of a wash. Yeah, you know, and again, I, I think honestly, I, I agree with both of you. You know, I, I honestly, I feel as though it's a big wash, if you will. I, I, I like what both teams have done this all season to address a significant area of need in their defense. Um, I think um, it's going to be a fresh start for him. Um, I'm just curious to see how it all comes together. The, the Atlanta Falcons need to do some work on the offensive side of the football, um, and yet you bring in a corner who has been rattled with injuries but has the potential uh, of splashing at times. Calling numbers nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. Locked on with Sports City here. Um, I wanted to switch gears, if you will, and get, and give the floor to, to Greenwood. He had a topic that he wanted to talk about. Greenwood, talk to me. What you want to talk about? So, um, so Devin White, uh, the multi-year All-Pro um, linebacker for the Kansas Bay Buccaneers, is demanding a trade. The reasoning behind the demand has not been like elucidated yet. This is kind of slightly breaking news within the past eight hours. Um, so, um, I mean, he's on the back, obviously on the back foot of his career, but um, I'm wondering if he's looking to chase the title and Tampa Bay is definitely not going to be it. So I guess um, where I want to start with is if you are a team competing for a Super Bowl right now, are you interested in Devin White, for one? And for two, what are you willing to give up for this, for this player? Okay, and okay. for the record, the, Tamp- the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers said that they're not interested in trading him, which every, every team says about every player that demands a trade ever. But, I mean, it's almost – it's almost self-evident. If you're demanding a trade, then they're not looking to trade you. Then there'd be no point in demanding the trade, I guess. I don't know, but whatever. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Dylan. 
Yeah, I mean, basically what I've read, because Green brought it up, and I, I definitely wanted to do some homework. Fowler, Jeremy Fowler said he's frustrated with extension talks. He's 25 years old. He's entering the fifth year of his, his rookie deal. He wants an extension. He feels like he has a value because of the fact he, he was um, a first-round pick, it made second-team All-Pro, that he should get some type of uh, compensation in the neighborhood of, you know, players are among that stature. He's not getting that in, in Tampa Bay. So that's why he's demanding a trade. I don't think he really wants to leave. I think he wants his money. He wants the bag, right? Um, yeah, and you're right. You're right, um, controversy. Tampa Bay doesn't want to trade him. They don't want to get rid of him. He, like I say, he's 25 years old. Um, now, is he? he's not the best linebacker on his team. David is. Um, and to be honest with you, he doesn't really play as well as as David does with with a good linebacker like that, which is kind of odd to me. But he is a really good player. I think if you're a team that's hungry for a linebacker like my Giants, I think you would entertain and see what kind of compensation he wants. But the Giants are in cap hell, so I don't know if they can make a deal like that work. But if I was a team that was looking for a linebacker, I would probably entertain a second-round pick, possibly. More likely a third-rounder, so probably within the top 100. Probably say, yeah, let's make a deal and, and then get – it's like you're giving up picks. You have to give up compensation, probably multiple picks, and then you have to pay them. So a team has to be comfortable on both fronts. I don't know how many teams are on that level, but I think you, it's, it's something that you would really have to – it, it gives you cause to pause because you have to give up compensation, probably two picks, and then you have to pay them. So for me, um, you're talking about a guy who has 315 solo tackles. Um, he's had 20 sacks over his four years. Um, hardly misses a game. He's played north of 60-some-odd games in, in his four seasons. Um, I, I, I think, you know, honestly, this is about money. You know, Dylan hit the nail on the head. And his contract was kind of stalled um, as, as it pertains to his contract and extension and things of that nature. Um, so, again, if you're not going to pay him, then, you know, do right by him. And, and and you know grant him his his release and let him trade and and, and go find value and, and greener patches elsewhere. But to the second part of that question, Greenwood, what would I be willing to give up? I don't I I, I don't think that question could be answered, um, you know, in a vacuum because you know for for for, for the Steelers, um. We don't have the ability to to to, to pay him what what he wants. Not to mention, you know, really part with quote unquote draft capital. Now, if we're playing Madden and you know we have all the money in the world and free agent, you know, salary capping stuff is turned off, then you know we we can have a conversation. But as as it pertains to the sellers, uh, we've been super super busy this off season signing. Um, linebackers, Cole Holcomb, 
uh, you know, some 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 other guys. I don't get it twisted. I would love to have a guy. I would love to have him on my, on my squad. Um, I, I think based off of everything that I've read, he's a great locker room guy. He has a nose for the football. Um, he's dependable. He, you know, again, he hardly misses, you know, snaps and games. Um, and so I, I would need that. I would love to have that on my squad. But everything being created equal, I'm not too sure. Uh, if the Steelers will be in play. With that being said, I, I would love to have him. Let's say this compensation was slightly less, and this this would be my guess. I don't think it's going to be the same as Roquan Smith. I think that'd be a little crazy, but let's say two-thirds of that, so 15 mil per year at five years, probably where most teams would be comfortable in in investing in the player. Um, But, I mean, even though he is, but, I mean, there wasn't a long line outside of Roquan Smith's house either either um, for the compensation that I was looking for. There's a lot of teams interested, but probably not that price point. I guess that's the definition of um, free agency is that the team who signs them is going to probably be offering the most, theoretically. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as, as compensation, um, if he was coming along for – and that's the thing right now is that there's not a lot of teams out there. I mean, you can always finagle the salary cap to make the first year be a low compensation, then extend it beyond those years. Those things happen. Um, but um, before the draft, I don't think I would. Um, I don't think I would give up any compensation for it because you've got a lot of pretty decent um, middle linebackers that are going to be available or middle and outside linebackers that are going to be available in the draft in the late first, mid to late second round. Guys like Jack Campbell, um, uh, Trenton Simpson are all, are both going to be available. Um, And there's another guy that's on my mind that I'm just completely blanking on, but there's going to be several guys in that late first, early second round um, area that you could get for cheaper, for longer than um, than what Devin White possesses. Now, they're not as talented? Probably not, but they would definitely be able to get the job done, in my opinion. So until if, – if you miss out on all those guys, then um, then maybe you look at it after the draft. But I don't think that this is a move that's going to happen during the during or before the draft. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I think on on a, on a previous show we spoke about potential moves that could be made uh, during you know the draft. Um, Devin White, you know, can be added to the list. He spoke about DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, he spoke about, you know, Rodgers and, and, and Lamar and some other names. Eckler, whose who's name has been brought up as wanting a trade. Um, I, I think a lot's going to happen on the draft night that, that will definitely affect these particular players. But with, with, with White here, um, I think the situation is somewhat limited on, on, on what the Buccaneers are going to be able to do 
because ultimately you're going to have to pay this man. Like, I mean, listen, if you look at the teams um, that have, you know, the most type of free agency cap, um, I'm using over the over the uh, cap right now as a reference, but obviously the Bears, the Panthers, Lions, Packers, Cardinals sit at the top of that list. Um, and the Bears have made some significant moves in the linebacker core this offseason. The Carolina Panthers have some significant other issues to deal with. The Detroit Lions, I don't foresee them potentially being a play. However, um, you know, who knows what they're going to do, especially since they got some additional picks with, with the Akuta uh, deal. Uh, the Packers are locked and loaded with the, with the Jets. I'm not too sure what they're going to do as far as financial compensation or and or draft compensation. So there's, there's a lot of question marks at the top of this this money tree. And at the end of the day, something's going to have to be done. I do see, um, you know, him as a possible trade candidate on draft day. But once again, time will definitely tell. Uh, call the number is 929-477-2759. Got a couple more minutes left here with Sports City. Um you know, Greenwood, you mentioned something. Uh, we, we was talking offline about Derrick Henry. Um, and once again, his name is being linked to, of all teams, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I, I, I'm in a fantasy football league chat that, you know, we talk all year round and not just during fantasy football season. Um, and the Buffalo Bills have, have came up several times as, as a possible spot. Um, at the end of the day, I, 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 I'm going to keep it a buck. Do you honestly think that the Tennessee Titans are going to unload Derrick Henry um, at, at all? I mean, he could be a person that gets, you know, changed over on draft day as well. But I, I, I have a hard time picturing the Tennessee Titans unloading Derrick Henry. Zolan, c- c- talk to me, man. What do you think? Is he on the – do you really think he's on the market? Like – because, like, I'm hearing so many different things about what Tennessee is or isn't trying to do. Like, they might be trying to move on from Derrick Henry. Um, they might be trying to, you know, draft a quarterback. They might be linked to Richardson moving up in the draft. Like, I don't – I think I think they, they kind of do need to blow it up in Tennessee. I think they, they've kind of gotten – I think they've kind of gotten the most that they can out of this group. Um, with the defense is kind of, they've lost a lot of people on the defensive side of the ball, right? Seriously, like in the last couple of years. So um, it looks like yeah. you know you might as you know, and then they lost their their receivers, AJ Brown, obviously. Um, you know, like they just, I I feel like they need to kind of start over. And the easiest way to do that is the guy with the most value, and that's that's Derrick Henry. Um, Would I want him to go to the Cowboys? Hell, because no, no, no. Like, no. I don't want to. No, no, no. I don't want that happening. Because I I just, you know, Dallas is is good for one thing, making my my Thanksgiving and and postseason days happier when they lose. Yeah, it just makes everything so much easier. Um, but, um, I, yeah, I, I, I think Tennessee needs to really consider moving 
from Henry for both sides. I think Henry deserves to go to a team that can probably win, and he doesn't have to wait to rebuild. Running backs don't have a long shelf life, so, you know, while, while the getting is good, he might as well go to a team that can get him some, some wins and, and hopefully a ring. So I think it makes sense. So here's my take on it. Honestly, I don't think it makes any sense for um, Tennessee to – I mean, yeah. Okay, let me back up. Do they need to blow it up? Yes. Um, but you're not going to blow it up and keep Mike Vrabel on as your coach. I think if you're going to blow it up, you're going to blow it up. I don't think Vrabel's the problem. I don't think Vrabel's the problem. I think he is. I think he is. Okay. You know, I hit it all by Vrabel. I think you have gotten as much as you possibly can out of him and his team. I think at the end of the day, Mike Vrabel is a a victim of early on success. And I put Mike Vrabel and uh, what's his face in the same category, the guy Ron Rivera in the same category. I feel as though they were great players. I feel as though they're halfway decent leaders of men. But when it comes to coaching an actual team and, and pick, picking the groceries and everything as far as that's concerned, I feel as though they come up significantly short, especially in big moments. Um, this is the same regime that gave a significant amount of money to Ryan Tannehill. We all know what he's and who he is. This is the same situation where they played one style of ball. They couldn't pay. They 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 couldn't play their star receiver. He goes to the Philadelphia Eagles and gets them damn near close to a Super Bowl championship. You know, I just say I, I, again, I, I I like the guy. I just feel if you're gonna blow it up. I don't think you do it with Mike Vrabel there, but I I I, I could be wrong. Greenwood, what, what's your take on this whole song and dance? So um, I'm a seller for on Derrick Henry. Like Max, Derrick Henry has two years left. If I can get a third round pick out of that, I'm selling right now. Like you could probably get um, Zach Carver, Charbonnet um, from UCLA in that pick. Um. Which, I mean, because because of the glut of talent at the running back position this year, all of them are falling. Like, if this was 10 years ago, B. John Robinson would be a top-five pick. That's just the, the truth of the matter. So, selling Derrick Henry now, if it can, for a day-two pick – is is more than great value if they can even get that because right now people are like the Arizona Cardinals are even having a hard time trading um, DeAndre Hopkins so there's not a lot of market for older players these days because the teams that are ready to win have the have the talent that they need and especially at these skill position players um, so if the Dallas Cowboys are knocking and offering anything that's not insulting, then I, I would make the move. And that goes double for Ryan Tannehill if they can if they can move that. As far as Mike Vrabel, if they were going to do that, 
they should do they should have done that before making a move at the quarterback position. So if this is Vrabel's last year, then they should not draft a quarterback this year because you you see this story every single time. Um, the head coach goes a last ditch effort, grabs a quarterback, and then it just completely wrecks their development for the first three years at minimum, and he might make a make a jump in that fourth year. But they're starting learning everything they know about the game from this one head coach and their system, and then they're going to blow it up and try it with a different guy. No, if if you if you are in a if you are even thinking about getting rid of Mike Vrabel by the end of next year, you wait, you blow it all up, and you get your quarterback then and not now. Even mm-hmm. though all the talk is right now the that the Tennessee Titans are looking to move up to three um, to to make a stab at either Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. So I don't think I mean, that if, I, if, I, if I'm Dallas, I'm drafting Robinson. I'm not wasting money and picks on on a guy that you think has probably got two good, two really good years left in the tank before he starts to yep. decline. I'm taking B. John Robinson, and I'm and and I don't have to give up anything for him. But I think Vrabel, Vrabel doesn't. He never had a quarterback. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I knew that your coach. Your your coach is tied to your quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback that you can ask the Colts, they've been trying to replace Andrew Luck with veteran quarterbacks for four years, and it hasn't worked. Vrabel is a damn good coach and got them to the number one seed without a really good quarterback. So, I mean, and I give Vrabel the benefit of the doubt and let him come back. Yeah, and let's not forget who Ryan Tannehill was before moving to Tennessee with Mike Vrabel. He yeah. was a castaway. He was basically this is Ryan Tannehill is why people are giving Sam Darnold third, fourth, and fifth chances. Yeah, because they they are hoping for Sam Darnold to become Ryan Tannehill. They're hoping for Baker Mayfield to become Ryan Tannehill. That's what they're that's what they're hoping right. for is for them to become an incredibly mid playoff ish caliber quarterback that some other team threw away, even though they had the monochrome. So, I mean, the fact that Vrabel was able to develop that from turd sandwich is, is pretty amazing to me. So I would I would give him another quarterback to try with. Right, right. I mean, I say, I say, you know what I'm saying? But we are at the tail end of tonight's show, man. Um, I definitely want to thank you two gentlemen for coming out, kicking it with us, man. Greenwood, give us a plug and a close as we shut down the kitchen, my man. Um, shout out to Brad Holmes, the best GM in the league, making getting the best quarterback in the league a very, very good offer sheet. So um, that he's making all the right moves. Detroit Lions Super Bowl this year, call it. Oh my God. Oh my goodness! Okay, yeah, you can't come on my show no more. No, <laughs> no. Go, go no. Ahead and give us a plug and a close as we get out of here, my man. 
I mean, the plug is I I, I don't want to do a show with Greenwood anymore. I I can't I can't with that. Guy. I mean, no, I'm kidding. Listen, man, shout out to you guys, man. Always a good show. Um, come come join us tomorrow for the cookout. We'll talk a little bit of basketball and clean up some football talk. But um, you know, get to the website, the, the blog, the interviews, all that good stuff. Uh, shout out to to all the other chefs, and uh, you know, enjoy your evenings. Thank you so much, uh, Villain Man. Uh, like I said, it's your boy Sears up in our four one two and the seven one three man. Uh, it's such a pleasure to be here doing this with you guys. I'm gonna say this in passing. You know, we here at Sports City Chefs are are, are are more than just just the chefs, man. We we are human beings. We are people. We are a lot of us are husbands and fathers. Um, and what's been going on right now? in our world and in our country has me at attention and has me somewhat concerned. We are sitting here right now at 101 days in 2023, and we've had uh, 133 uh, shootings, of, you know, and things of that nature. And at the end of the day, man, prayers and hopes, you know, and well wishes um, – are well-respected and well-deserved, but at the end of the day, if we don't put boots to, to ground and foot to action, um, you know, we are, our hopes and prayers are, are, are futile. You know, I, I, my, my father is a preacher. I grew up in the church. Um, I'm in church a lot to this day, and, you know, faith without works is dead. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to get all spiritual, but faith without works is dead. We can have all the faith in the world, but if we refuse to move our two feet, to put hands uh, to what we believe in, then we are no less than anybody else. So with that being said, I hope that sits with the people that need to sit with. I really, really hope and pray that, you know, we, we start to see a turnaround um, and where we're going as, as a country and as a community. With that being said, TP would always say this, man. Tell a friend to tell a friend of chefs again. If they don't know, man, now we know, man. We out. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh-huh.